and welcome to Potamos, the most amazing animals podcast ever. I'm your host, Tatum, and today's animal is a kangaroo. So today, to do a little bit of kangaroo trivia, I have my friend, Ashi. Hi. So, today it's going to be a little bit different. We are going to do some kangaroo trivia, but then we will actually read a little bit of the book, The Sisters Grimm, because um, we both have that. So, yeah. Are you ready to start some trivia? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Let's go. The first um, question is, what type of animal is a kangaroo? Um, marsupial, um, monotreme, <clears throat> or a placental mammal? Um, also, I can... A what mammal? Placental? I don't know. Placental? Um... But this one, actually, you can have hints. So, if you want a hint, just say, give me a hint. Er, I need a hint. I don't even know, like, these words. I know, I don't. Um, continue. Okay. The hint was, it is either marsupial or monotreme. That's a good hint, but I still feel like I have no idea. Um, well, you have a 50-50 chance, so... You know? Um, wait a minute. What was the one about the thing? Wait, what do you mean? Their names, is, their names are just so complicated. I, <laughs> I didn't even know they honestly were things. Me too. I thought there were like, wait, what type of animal? Seriously, I don't know. Uh, an animal. They're animals. <laughs> Oh, I know what type of animal a kangaroo is. A kangaroo. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, you have 50-50 again, I guess. So, which one do you think it is? Um, I'll just say it's a... What were the two that it said it is in the hint? Marsupial or monotreme? I might be saying those wrong, with, by the way. I'll just go with a mono train thing. Okay. The correct answer was marsupial. Okay. How many oh, species my... of kangaroo are there? 25, 35, or 50? Again, if you want a hint, just tell me. Um, uh, I was just going to say 25, but I don't even know anything about kangaroos. Uh, no, it was 50. It's a lot. It is. Okay. <laughs> How do kangaroos run? Use, lar- use large back feet and legs, hop instead of run, or both answers? And if you want, you can have a hint. Just tell me. Um, I don't think they actually hop everywhere they go. But. Mm-hmm. You can do both answers also. That's one um, of the options. There are three options. Um, their names, they made are so hard to remember. Or maybe I have really, really, really bad memory. <laughs> um, so which one do you think? Also, you can have a hint. Oh, uh, I need a hint. Okay. 
Okay, it is use large, use large back, feet, and legs, or both answers. That's not hop and set a run. I think it's hop and set a run. No, the uh, it's not hop and set a run. The there's two. You have to choose from use large back, feet, and legs, or both answers. Cause that was the hint. It's one both or the answers. other. The hints are very helpful. So, which one do you think? Uh, um, both. Okay, both answers. That was correct. Kangaroos use their large back feet and legs to hop instead of run. Okay, what are young... Oh, I think you know this because I know this and I think basically, like, just people know this, like, they learn this. Even if they don't like mean to learn it, what are young kangaroos called? Joeys, flyers, or boomers? Joeys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What is the smallest of the kangaroo species? Rat, red, or great? Oh, no idea. Um, you can have a hint that- too. Yes, please. I'm taking way too many hints. No, uh, it's rat or red. Those are the hints. I'll just go with rat. I have no idea. That was correct. The smallest, spe- the smallest of the species is the rat. And this kangaroo is smaller than a rabbit. What? What? Kangaroo is smaller than a rat. I'm sure a small kangaroo. Or it said smaller than a bunny, but or, or I'm pretty sure it said rabbit. Yeah, it's smaller than a rabbit, but wow. I thought that's I think that means like full grown. <laughs> okay. Which you is the <laughs> Which is the largest of the kangaroo species? Red, grey, or great? Great, just because it's great. No. Yeah, correct. The largest of the species is the great kangaroo. Some of these seem like you just know them because, like, great, like, that means big, too. Like, I don't know. Okay, so how fast can great kangaroos hop? 10 miles per hour, 25 miles per hour, or 50 miles per hour? Um, 50. Correct. Great kangaroos can really move up to 50 miles per hour um, for short distances. What does the kangaroo use its small front legs and feet for? Gather leaves from plants, dig for water, or both answers? Both answers. Correct. Wow, you really have a streak. Um, the small front legs and feet are used... To gather leaves from plants or to dig water. Okay. How long is a kangaroo's hop? Two to three times its body length, three to four times its body length, or four to five times its body length? Oh, so you can have a hint. Two to three. 
Okay, the hint was it is not four to five times its body length. It is either two to three times its body length or three to four times its body length. Three to four. Correct. Why you really have a streak now? Um, one hop can move a kangaroo three to four times its body length. Okay. What is the tail used for? Push off when hopping, balance on when standing, or both answers? Both. Um, I'm pretty sure there's actually like 20 of these instead of 10, so. <laughs> um, I clicked on it. Okay, that's correct. Kangaroos use their tail to push off when hopping and to balance on when standing. How many baby kangaroos can be born from a single pregnancy? One, two to three, or five to six? You can also have a hint. For all of them, there's hints, which is cool. Five to six. Uh-uh. <laughs> it was one. One? Wait, what? The yeah, they only carry, like, one joey. You know? You know, like, um, I like don't know. humans kind of, but humans can sometimes have twins or tri or triplets. Yeah. But. When does the newborn move to the mother's pouch? Two to three weeks, four to five weeks, or eight to ten weeks? All. Uh, um. Um. Remember, there's what? always a little hint button. Wait, when does it leave its mother? Uh, no, when does it move to the mother's pouch? I thought they were like, I thought they stay in their mother's pouch when they're young. Well, it says two to three weeks, four to five weeks, or eight to ten weeks. I'm just gonna guess. This is a complete guess for eight to ten weeks. Um, let's see. Uh -uh. I'm not a big... <laughs> four to five I'm weeks. I'm not a big... I'm not a big kangaroo person, so I don't know much about them. <laughs> okay. How big is a newborn kangaroo when it moves to the... Or, wait. Wait. Oh! I, for some reason, I thought it was, like, the same, but no. Um, it's how big is a newborn kangaroo when it moves to the mother's pouch. Um, lion bean size? <laughs> Baby kitchen size or neither answer. I mean, I doubt it the size of a lima bean but a lima bean i mean maybe oh you guess lima bean okay actually wow it actually is a lima bean size wow i did not think that was possible <laughs> i actually know a lot of animals and they're born like lima bean size hmm yeah a lot of baby animals. Alright, so when it moves to the mother's pouch, I mean, I would assume they get born that size. Okay. What can kangaroos be trained to do with humans? Box playfully, play football, or play soccer? They can't play football or soccer. <laughs> it says, what can they be trained to do? Oh, I only caught football. I'm sorry. Uh, the third was box playfully. I think they can probably playfully. Uh, you think it's box? Mm -hmm. That was correct. A kangaroo can be trained to box playfully with humans. 
Okay, how does a wallaby differ from a kangaroo? Smaller body, smaller feet, or both answers? Um, both answers, I'm guessing? Correct, that makes sense, you know, because they wouldn't just have smaller feet. Like, it, it would probably be, like, the same proportion everywhere. <laughs> like, so it wasn't just all weird. Um... So, yeah, that was correct. Um, which animal has tough foot pads like hiking shoes? Rock wallaby, tree kangaroo, or musky rat kangaroo? Um. Uh, I'm just going to say musky shoes. Musky rat kangaroo. Um, no, it was rock wallaby. It is rock. Okay. When does a joey leave the pouch? Six months, eight months, or one year? And um, don't forget, there's a helpful little hidden button if you need it. I need a hint. Okay. The hint was six months or eight months. I think No, it was eight months. Okay. How does a kangaroo defend itself? Hit it with its tail, kick with its back legs, or both answers? I honestly feel like, um... Wait, it says, like, kick with its back legs, or no? I mean... How they it seems like they stand on their back legs. So how could they kick with their back legs without falling on their kangaroo knees? So I mean, don't listen to me though, I know nothing about kangaroos. Which is sort so of funny <laughs> that I chose this, but Wait, but what else is there? Um it's hit with its tail, kick with its back legs, or both answers. With its tail. What? How does it kick with its back legs? That is the answer. How how does it not fall on its kangaroo knees? That makes no Ooh. sense. Maybe it goes onto all of its I legs. I don't know. Okay. What are red and eastern gray kangaroos hunted for? Meat, hides, or both answers? I think this is almost done. Yeah, the next one is the last question. You think it's both answers? Okay, correct. Okay, last question. What do kangaroos eat? Grass, small plants, or both answers? Both. Correct. Okay. So, your score um, was 65%. You got 13 out of 20. Oh, it says uh, your score was 65%, but the average score is 58%. So, that's good. Yay, better than average. Yeah. That's 7% more than average. Good job. Good job. <laughs> um. So, do you have your book with you? Um, both people grab it. Oh, I almost brought my device with me, but it just slipped out. <laughs> yeah, that would be all like 
it would be all. <laughs> It like could do all that noise. Wait a minute, I need to also check the percent that I am at right now. Uh, I'm at ten percent, but it hasn't gone down at all since since I got a ten percent warning a while ago. Okay, I got my sister's grand book, but I kind of have to go to the bathroom really quick, so I'll be right back. Okay, I'll just pause it. Okay, so I just paused it so you guys did not get through a wait, but Ashi is now back. So we are ready to read the sisters grin the first one. Hi. <laughs> so um there's like a little um some sort of like preface or prologue or something. Um I don't know, so do you want to read that, or who reads that? <laughs> Maybe, can you start? Okay, I'll read the little, like, beginning part, that part. Yeah. Okay. In the distance, a thunderous bell- bellow rang out, followed by a t- the terrible sound of fallen trees and the stampede of terrifying a terrified animals. It was coming, and there was no way to outrun it. Still, Sabrina and Daphne had to try. They sprinted as fast as they could, fighting with every step the dense forest branches that scraped at their the dense forest branches that scraped at their faces and arms. Wait. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I realize now. Okay, we have to find a way to stop it, Daphne cried between gasps. Sabrina knew her little sister was right. The house. They were two children versus a vicious monster. I'll think of something, she said, dragging her sister behind an enormous oak tree for a much-needed rest. Sabrina squeezed Daphne's hand to reassure her while she forced air into her own burning lungs. <clears throat> her words sounded empty in her ears. She didn't have a plan, and even if she did, it wouldn't make a difference. The creature was on top of them. Splintering wood and damp soil rained from Splintering wood and damp soil rained from the sky <clears throat> as a tree they crouched behind was violently uprooted. The two girls looked up into the horrible face above them and felt scorching breath blow through their hair. What has happened to our lives? Sabrina wondered. When did the world become unrecognizable? And what had happened to her? The 11 year old girl who only two days prior had been an orphan on her train. Your turn. Two days earlier, I'm going to die before the parents of the father should look out of the train and the very poor land in New York approaching the distance. The little chance is to be mostly hills and trees next to the cold, bright picks and murder. And looks out to the evergreen forest surrounded it. Right. As if trying to hide its existence from the rest of the world. If you, if you two, three, and three story buildings huddled around what appeared to be the town's only street, Sabrina couldn't see any little theaters, malls, or museums. She felt as if the world had moved. She felt as if the word town to describe fairy Portland was a bit of a stretch. 
The weather was always raining. The rain always made her melancholy. It had been raining the day her parents abandoned her a year and a half ago, and it still made her heart ache. She had remembered the day clearly, rushing home that afternoon with a. It's a page. Yeah, I think I should just end at the sentence. The report card safely tucked inside her raincoat. Okay. Excited about her as as in math class and English and her beat in science. Oh it's not as, it's A's. <laughs> Excited about her A's in math and English and her B in science. And a little disappointed about her C minus in gym. She proudly taped her grades to the refrigerator for everyone to see when they got home. It seemed odd that her parents weren't there, but Sabrina didn't worry until Daphne's kindergarten teacher called to find out why no one had picked up the little girl. That night, the girls slept in their parents' bed waiting for them to come home while thunder crashed in the sky outside. When the social workers came three days later to take them away, it was still raining and Sabrina's report card was still hanging on the refrigerator waiting for its praise. For all Sabrina knew, it was still there. The police investigated the disappearance. They searched the family's New York City apartment for clues. They interviewed neighbors and co-workers. They dusted for fingerprints and filed reports. The Henry and Veronica Grimm had vanished into thin air. Months later, the police found their abandoned car deserted in a lonely park 15 miles north of the city. The only clue was a blood red handprint on the dashboard that turned out to be paint, but didn't lead to anything else. The investigation came to a dead end, and the cops eventually gave up the search. The girls were placed under the care of social services at first. A nice but overworked man named Todd searched for a next of kin, someone who could take them in, but came up as empty as the police. Mountains, uncles, grandparents, fathers, sisters, even distant twice removed cousins in this. Todd promised to but when Sabrina Daphne removed them to the orphanage, they never saw him again. Sabrina shook off and tucked her long blonde hair behind her ear. She felt like crying. The grandmother of the sister see her lovely. She needed to be strong once. After all, she was almost 12 years old. What the Daphne had noticed it. At the moment, Sabrina, the seven-year-old sister, had faced her her face the fence against the train's window as she had for the entire two hour trip. She marveled at, she marveled at each ugly little dot on the map as it rolled through as if they were Paris, Rome, and Los Angeles. She only took occasional breaks from the view to ask questions about their destination. Do they have do they have bagels and very poor landing, Mr. Smart? Daphne asked if the woman seemed across from them. Mrs. Minerva pinched with more poor woman. 
Not on the moon, Daphne replied matter-of-factly as she returned her gaze to the window. Mrs. Merck snarled and Sabrina snickered. It was so easy to get on the woman's nerves and Daphne was particularly, particularly good at it. Smart had made a terrible mistake when she chose a career working with the children. With children, Sabrina thought, especially since she didn't seem to like them. The woman complained whenever she had to touch their sticky hands or wipe their runny noses, and reading bedtime stories was completely out of the question. She seemed to especially dislike the Grimm sisters, labeling them rude, uncooperative, and a couple of know-it-alls. So Sabrina was sure it was Mrs. Smirk's personal mission to get the girls out of the orphanage and into a foster home. So far, she had failed miserably, sending them to live with people who were usually mean and occasionally crazy. Some used them as maids, house-sitters, while others just plain ignored them. This time, however, Smirk had gone too far. This time, she was sending them to live with a dead woman. I hope she won't bother your grandmother with all these ridiculous questions, Mrs. Mert said curtly, which was how she said most things to Sabrina and Daphne. She is old and cannot handle a lot of trouble. She's dead. I've already told you a million times. Our grandmother is dead, said Sabrina. Your turn. <laughs> We did, we did a background check, Sally, Mrs. Smart replied. She is the one who says she My name is Sabrina. Sabrina sighed. Whatever, the orphanage not just release you into anyone's custody, said Mrs. Smart. Well, really, how about Mrs. Lane done? Because or her toilet was haunted, Sabrina asked. Everyone has their quirks. Or Mr. Denson, who made us sleep in his truck, Daphne chimed in. Some people love the great outdoors. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson handcuffed us to a radio, Sabrina cried. Mrs. Smart rolled her eyes. You act like it was the end of the world. Imagine how hard it is to be. Imagine how hard this has been on me. I was mortified when I heard what you said to the Ketons. They locked us in their house for two weeks so they could go on a circus warbler, as Sabrina said. I think it was the Ben, I thought it was the Ben Happens, Daphne said. Of course, the Ben Rumga, and they bought you both back some lovely t-shirts of Mrs. Smart. Anyways, it's all so it's all the water under the bridge now. We found a real relative who is actually eager to take you two into her home. And not and not a moment too soon to be honest. We have rent run out of families looking for real little girls. Even 
if she were an imposter, I would hand her over. I would hand you over to her. With that, Miss Spurt pulled her nose back into her book. Sabrina looked at the title. It was called How to Get the Love You Want. The conductor's voice rang out from speakers on the ceiling. He announced that Fairport Landing was next and last stop. What's an imposter? Daphne asked. Is a person who pretends to be someone she's not, Sabrina said. Do you think there's any chance she's really our grandmother? Not a chance, Sabrina whispered into her sister's ear. Dad told me she died before we were even born. No, she's some crackpot, but don't worry. We'll be gone before the crazy old bat knows what's happened. The train slowed as it pulled into the station, and passengers got up from their seats. They took down their bags from the luggage racks above and tossed half-read newspapers onto the coffee-stained floor before heading toward the doors. Ladies, let's go, Miss Smirt ordered. Sabrina didn't want to meet this imposter, but she knew better than to argue with the old crone. Smart had a reputation as a pincher, and she left more than a nasty, a few nasty purple bruises on back-talking orphans. So Sabrina did as she was told and dragged Daphne, Daphne's and her tiny suitcases down from the rack, then followed Miss Smart and her sister off the train. Um, the, the rain was, was, it was, uh, fighting cold. Daphne shivered, so Sabrina wrapped her arms around her sister's shoulders and held her tightly as they disembarked onto the crowded platform. The two of you had better be polite or there's going to be trouble, Mrs. Smart said. No sass, no back talk. Stand up straight act, act, and act like young ladies for once. Or so help me out. So help me out. Mrs. Smurf, a chubby old woman, interrupts the case for this threat. She was dressed in an ankle lace, lace, navy blue dress, and had white and had a white knitted walked on her shoulders. Her gray hair was streaked with red hinting that it's original hinting its original color. And she wore and she wore it tightly tucked under a matching navy blue hat with a pretty with big fuzzy sunflower in the middle. Her face was was a collection of wrinkles and sagging skin. Nevertheless, there was something youthful about her. Perhaps it was her red cheeks and her clear green eyes. Next to the skinniest man Sabrina had ever seen. He wore dark pinstrip suit and was several sizes too big. And held the wide umbrella in one hand with his head in the other. His head was full of untamed latkin hair. His enormous water eyes were hidden beneath wild and cooked brows. Yes, Mrs. Grimace asked. Mrs. Smart said, forcing her usual frown to smile. Sabrina Daphne, the woman, cried with a hint of German accent. Oh, you are both so beautiful. 
What little darlings? I'm, sh- I'm your grandmother, Grim. She wrapped her arms around the girls and pulled them close. The girls squirmed to escape, but the old woman was like an over-affectionate octopus. Mrs. Grimm, it's so nice to meet you, Miss Smirt interrupted. I'm a nervous Smirt. We spoke on the phone. The old woman raised herself up to her full height, which wasn't very high, and cocked an eyebrow at the caseworker. Sabrina couldn't have sworn she saw or Sabrina could have sworn she saw the old woman smirk. It's nice to meet you too, said Miss Grimm stiffly. I am just so thrilled to to have I'm just so thrilled to have helped you in the girls reunite. Oh, I'm sure you are, Mrs. Grimm said, turning her back on the caseworker and giving the girls a wink. She placed a hand on each girl's shoulder and turned them toward her companion. Girls, this is Mr. Canis. He helped me take care of our house and other matters. He lives with us too and he'll be helping me look after you. She said, Daphne and Sabrina stared up into the old man's gaunt face. He was so frail, it seemed as though the umbrella he was holding might collapse on him at any moment. He nodded, silent as a statue, then handed Mrs. Graham the umbrella. He took two suitcases from Sabrina and walked down the platform toward the parking lot. Well, ladies, this looks like goodbye, said Mrs. Smirt. She stepped forward and limply hugged Daphne, whispering something in her ear that made the little girl cringe. Then she hooked Sabrina in her uncomfortable embrace. Okay, it's your turn. Let's make this the last time we see each other. She gave Sabrina a final painful pinch before the girl could pull away, then turned back to the old woman. Good luck, Mrs. Grimm. She reached out to shake Mrs. Grimm's hand. The old woman looked at it as if the caseworker were trying to give her something smelling and dead. Smart seized his disapproval and hemmed and hawked for a moment and, and then quickly reboarded the tree without looking back. The door shut and it pulled away back to New York City. Mrs. Grimm directed the girls down the platform, unfolding the barred kisses that continued all the way to the parking lot. Mrs. Canvas was waiting there next to a rusty heap of car to squeal in protest when he opened the back door. Is this safe, Sabrina asked? I got us here, the old woman left. I suppose you will I suppose it will get us back. The girls crawled inside find an interior that was anxious and shabby at the outside. Springs and foam erupted through the seat cushions. When Sabrina looked down, she could see a hole in her a hole in the footboard that was used to below. Put your put on your seatbelt, Mrs. Grimm said. The girls searched for belts but found out just two ends of free rope were buried in the seats. These, Daphne asked. Mrs. Grimm reached around, had both ends together over their laps, and then smiled. There, safety first, she cried. Mr. Canna started the engine, and it sputtered, backfired, and then roared to life, belting a black fog out of the tailpipe. When he put it into drive, an orchestra of gears screamed so loudly that Sabrina thought she might go deaf. 
Daphne plugged her fingers into her ears. Mrs. Grimm turned to the girls and shouted something Sabrina couldn't hear. What? Sabrina shouted back. What? The old woman asked. I can't hear you. Sabrina yelled. More than six, the old woman replied. Six what? Sabrina screamed. Probably, the old woman laughed. I love dolphins too, Daphne exclaimed. Not since I hurt my toes, Mrs. Grimm shouted. Daphne, Sabrina put her face in her hands and groaned. They drove through the little town, which was which consisted of two lane roads bordered by a couple of antique stores, a bicycle shop, a police station, and a jail, a post office, a dentist, a restaurant named Old King's Coles, a toy store, and a beauty parlor. Mr. Canis made a left turn at the town's one and only stoplight and within seconds they were cruising out of the town proper and into what mrs grimm called very poor landings farm country pages or maybe you read this page and I read a page and then we finish how about that the screaming of children up here, Sabrina thought to herself. Mr. Canis unlocked the, har- the car's huge, musty trunk, pulled out two tiny, the, ti- the two tiny suitcases, and led everyone to the front door. The old woman followed closely behind, fumbling with her handbag, until she finished out what might have been the largest key ring in the world. Hundreds of keys jingled 
on the ring, each different from the others. Skeleton keys made from crystals, ancient brass keys, bright new silver keys, and many sizes, and several that didn't look like keys at all. Whoa, that's a lot of keys, Daphne said. That's a lot of locks, Sabrina added as she eyed the front door. There must have been a dozen bolts of all shapes and sizes. Mrs. Grimm inserted one key after another until she had unlocked them all. When she wrapped her knuckles on the door three times and said, We're home, Daphne looked up at her sister for an explanation, but Sabrina had none. Instead, she twirled her finger around her ear and mouthed the word crazy. Let me take your coat, Leaplings, Mrs. Grimm said as they entered the house and she closed the door behind them, turning the locks one after another. Leapling? Daphne added, asked. It's German for sweetheart, the old woman said. She opened the closet door and several books tumbled to her feet. Okay. So we stop there. Right? Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, is that, uh, so just one question for the end of today's episode. Is that why you named your dog Daphne? <laughs> Actually, it is. I came up with the name, and my parents, my family was having like no idea what to name her, and I finally just said Daphne, and we agreed on that. Yeah, I thought that was why, but yeah, because Ashley has a golden retriever, right? <laughs> mhm. Um, her name Daphne. is Daphne. So yeah. So yeah. thanks, Ashley, for being here today. Yeah, and on maybe one of the videos, if you want to, just to like show what Daphne looks like, I can send you a picture or something. Honestly, and that can, can be the picture for now. today's episode because the sisters scream, well, that's Daphne. Daphne, get it? <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you for being here. Little, when I thought of Daphne, I used to think of a little girl, but now I think of my, my dog. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to find a good photo for a send to you. Okay, thanks for being here today. Wait a minute. I have a quick question. Should I do one when she's younger or older or like in the middle? Like, I mean, early is your choice. Or we could do some sort of vote, but I bet it would take a while. I'll send you a couple of photos. How about I send you a couple of photos and you can just tell me which one looks the cutest. Okay. And, yeah. Okay, so thanks for being here today on today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to the people or person um, listening, or even pet, because sometimes you might just like hear pet. Listen to this. It's about animals and bye. Then you just leave the room. So thank you to whoever is listening. Um, and make sure to follow us on Spotify or wherever you are listening to the podcast. And click the little bell because it will turn on our notifications. So, yep, this has been Padamos, the animal podcast. Goodbye.